Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. And if you want to hear more than just this highlight from the show, become a Coast Insider and you can listen to the complete program, plus recent episodes about out-of-body experiences, the scientific search for extraterrestrial life, and biblical prophecies, which may have foretold our current state of global turmoil. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to catch up on what you may have missed from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back with Elizabeth Eagle as we talk about light beans and orbs. Elizabeth, a lot of these orbs have been seen over crop formations. We get lots of reports on that. One of our investigative reporters, Linda Bolton Howe, has reported on strange lights seen over fields, and then all of a sudden there's a crop formation later. Do you get a lot of reports like that? Well, on my website, I do have a video that was uh, filmed in 1996 over Oliver's Castle in England, well, near Oliver's Castle, and it actually shows three or four oaks boards over a field and you can watch it and it's like within 30 seconds the crop just goes down and it and it forms the crop circle while the orbs are moving around right yes right over it yes that's amazing it is amazing that's an interesting uh video on my website that i i found and i've also got them shooting at chemtrails that that video is on my site and two of them about the um Nuclear nuclear missiles being disarmed. Let's get into that in a second, but back to the crop formations. Do you think that these orbs are trying to send us a message with these crop formations, some kind of symbol or something? Well, I think it has to do with sacred geometry and the shapes and the different uh, crop circles. Like when we spent, sent that gold plaque up into space, they had a crop circle just like it, except that it showed their planet uh, instead yeah. of where Earth was, which is fascinating. Uh, or they might be trying to uh, interject or somehow affect the planet by adding these frequencies based on these symbols. Now, tell us about the disarm missile sites. Well, the most famous one happened on March 24th of 1967, and... Uh, launch officer named Robert Salas uh, was working at Maelstrom Air Force Base in Montana. Mm-hmm. And he's and, been on the show before, just so you oh, know. Oh, he has. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Thanks. he was working with the Minuteman 1 ICBM, and there were 10 nuclear missiles there. And um, the controls of these missiles were entirely contained within the capsules. Um, there, there were no outside means of control. Um, the first time the security officer called, uh, him, there were lighted objects above the facility making very strange maneuvers. Well, uh, Mr. Salas didn't think much about it, but when the second call came in, uh, he was talking about a 30 to 40 foot large oval shaped red pulsating object hovering above the front gate of the facility. And the missile started shutting down. There were error messages uh, in the guidance control. There was guidance control problems. Um, And so there was a security alert, and the security alert team uh, went to two different sites that were affected. And when they approached, uh, their communications broke down. There was a malfunction, and they lost all contact. 
And a similar uh, incident had happened at, at another site, the Echo site, months earlier when there were objects hovering over the nuclear weapons and they were disabled. So all the missiles had logic coupler failures, which triggered, triggered the guidance and control malfunction. And according to other officers, this situation was virtually impossible. Virtually impossible, yet it happened. It happened, and it's happened in Russia, and it's happened since 1967. Um, and other times they'll they'll disable the mess the missile, and then they'll allow the military to reactivate them. So it's kind of like they're saying, "Nanny, nanny, boo, boo." You guys try to blow each other up. We're not going to let you. Interesting take. Now, a lot of these light beams are seen during natural disasters as well. How come, in your opinion? I believe they're concerned for humanity. I, I don't believe they cause the disasters in any way, but um got uh, four videos on, on my uh, website that show the orbs at the Japan tsunami. Uh, they show this one shows five different volcanoes, uh, orbs coming in and out of them, and then another one that's just got an amazing collection of different orbs, and I've got them from 1848 orbs in a tornado. So that's a long time ago, but they've been around for, you know, ever. <laughs> Interesting take. Now, these these beings themselves, though, they don't physically talk, do they? I mean, people don't hear them? I don't. I don't know of others that have. I mean, I I've think... I've never heard stories of people hearing that. No, I don't think so, but I do think they provide comfort, at least for me. I believe that they've helped me get through some really bad times. I was at an event once, Elizabeth, uh, posing for some pictures, and of course uh, just was with the people posing, and afterwards they sent out uh, digital copies to everybody. They sent me one, and there were orbs all around us and behind us, I kept trying to look, you know, was there some light refraction or something like that? You always got to look at that first, and there wasn't anything. Why, well, one, why one can't we see it, uh, you know, why does the camera pick it up and we don't? I'm not exactly sure how to answer that question. All types of cameras have recorded it, so I know it doesn't have to do with the cameras, from daguerreotype cameras, underwater disposable cameras, orbs show up underwater. Um, and I don't know why we can't see them as much with the naked eye, except with the infrared cameras. I believe they're kind of in another spectrum, and so the infrared picks them up more. And uh, But as far as being able to see them with the naked eye, I have no clue why we can't and why cameras do, but I I also know that sometimes they will appear in color on black and white photos, that there's no way there was any color or possibly orbs in the picture at the time. I have a picture from when I was five years old in Alaska, and I just won a ski race, so I was getting the medal, and, you know, this is taken from an Air Force photographer, and it, it has two orbs in it that are red and yellow um, <laughs> with a star shape in the middle or a spiral. So I can't answer your question. I really can't answer that question, and that's why I want there to be some research done. 
Might they be ghosts? Possibly. Um, paranormal investigations sometimes have one or two little orbs flying around, and they make a big deal out of it and repeat the same thing over and over again. But I don't think they show up uh, because they're trying to be captured. They're trying to capture them, and it's a kind of icky, scary kind of vibe. Um, I was once at a paranormal investigation in the basement of this church here in Colorado where they kept the bodies during the winter when they couldn't bury them. And so I was there with the other investigators, and I'm watching the infrared cameras from down there where the people were buried. There's orbs everywhere, and the paranormal investigators said they were nothing. Those don't mean a thing. Well, (laughs) I disagree. Um, They could be ghosts, spirits. um, They could be our loved ones who have died. Maybe that's what happens when, when you die, you take that shape. Well, I do believe that because at my sister's wake after she died, she showed up as as a light being. She wasn't an orb, but it was definitely a bright light. It wasn't formed in the shape of a circle, but she was definitely there. And another picture that's in the book that Grace took um, was at a funeral, and the, the daughter had wanted her father to be there, and there's a peri- periwinkle blue orb right over her head. Wow. Right there at the funeral. Yes, so I do believe uh, the, the soul theory to an extent, because there's such a variety, and I don't know if the souls are the same as the two to three mile wide ones that NASA captured. Um, I wish I knew. I wish I could go out of my body, astrally project like other people can, go to other planets, see if they're there, take a little <laughs> camera. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. No, not, not, not bringing the camera at least, but you might be able to astral project. I'd have to learn how to do that. <laughs> Some people have talked about orbs as being related to somehow UFOs physical craft. What do you think of that? Well, a lot of UFOs just show up as white lights or different color uh, spheres of light. And they're not the metallic type of ship. They're just, they're just lights. And uh, that, you know, some of them move erratically. I've seen them in pairs moving in, and I've even uh, recorded a a UFO documentary, a sighting that I had, and and they, they were lights, but I'm not sure whether they were UFOs or not. I wish I could answer that question, but the metallic uh, UFOs I've seen are, are not light beings. Is there anything that we can be concerned about or should be concerned about with these objects? I, I have never had a negative experience with a light being. Okay, that's good. Now... The the only negative experience I had was because I was a wedding photographer, and there were so many orbs in the pictures that the wedding party was appalled. (laughs) That was that was a problem because it it really did ruin their wedding. Ruin the pictures. I I I would think it would look neat. As a matter of fact, I like the one at my event with some of these orbs all around us. I would, too, but the interesting thing is another wedding, I took over 2,000 pictures and not one orb showed up, but it was a kind of an icky energy, and I wasn't sure. I bet that that marriage didn't last too long. That's what I'm thinking. It's very possible. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.